0: Welcome to the You, Me and the GP radio show, a health exercise and nutrition show for over 40s who want to get back to their best. Discover how to keep yourself fit, healthy and full of energy. Each week, your hosts Rich Clark and Dr. Mark Daniels will answer your questions and interview special guests. Rich Clark is an exercise scientist and nutritionist who helps over 40s thrive, not just survive in today's busy world. Dr. Mark Daniels is a practicing GP with 25 years experience. He's had notable success with his patients using simple dietary changes rather than medication to provide improvements. Living in Wales with their families, they see the effect poor health has on people on a daily basis and how easily it can be turned around. Sit back and enjoy our tips and advice.
1: Hello and welcome to... What I think is, let me check episode 30 of the You, Me and the GP podcast, building up a bit of momentum. I'm here with the doc as usual. Yeah, Yeah. i right, Paul. Yeah, good. And yourself? Yeah, all going all right. It's been a beautiful sunny day and, uh, life is good when the sun is shining. You know, life is good when it's not, but yeah, it's great to live in Wales when when it's really sunny, it's nowhere better to be. Yeah, I agree. Um I we've got um four questions to go through, but I've just been kind of doing a bit of housekeeping and I wanted to go uh and let everybody know some decisions that uh executive decisions that we've made. Um sometimes the podcast run on and people do prefer the shorter ones because of life being busy and stuff. So a couple of things we've done if we get to th- question three and the time's running on, we're probably going to leave it there for that episode. So that's just one thing we're going to do just to, so it doesn't run on. Like some of them are going over half an hour, 35, 40 minutes even. We've going to actually put the time of each question in the show notes underneath each show. So if you have a question that you're particularly interested in, but you don't want to listen to all the other stuff, which is absolutely fine and normal, that's what I, I, I try and do. Then we're going to put in the show notes where you can actually, which points, or go to 24 minutes, or go to 15 minutes, or go to 9 minutes, whatever, just so that people can jump to whichever question it is that interests them uh, the most, because uh, I understand we, we all have limitations on our time. Um, that was that. And then the most important news, Mark, I haven't mentioned this to you, but I've added the Welsh and the British flag to our logo. All right, sounds good. And it's just because on iTunes we're getting a lot of exposure, and I feel that we've had so many comments and contact, if you like, from expats, if you want to call them that, all over the world who enjoy, for some strange, twisted reason, there's some weird folk out there in the world, but they enjoy hearing our local accents. So yeah. um, I I thought that wouldn't uh, kind of go amiss there. So. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how that uh, goes. But, um, you can check the new logo out on iTunes and on the blog. It's all been uh, changed over or should be by the time you hear this. So without further ado, first question for today from Rosie, 35 years old, uh, from Swansea. Why do I get dizzy in the mornings? I have a nine month old son and I'm up sometimes three or four times in the night. I get really dizzy in the mornings. Any ideas? Mark?
2: <laughs> oh, that's not, that's not an easy one, is it? No.
1: Um, how old is she, still? She's th- 35 and has a nine-month-old sort of thing, you know?
2: Is it? Is it her first child, do
1: we know? Um, I know Rosie and it's her second. Right. and Her first child
2: is, is, is quite recent or is it a long time
1: ago? Uh Like, I uh, think, under five.
2: Under five, so she's she's not a new mother, uh, as in uh, they've had a child before. She's, I mean, not being horrible to Rosie, but she, for for having babies, thirty five is starting to to get a little bit older. I mean, we, we're designed to have children at seventeen. Not that I ever recommend anyone to have a child at seventeen this day and age, but we're, our bodies are designed to have children young. So, you know, as as you get on, I mean, an elderly primate, which is a, a person who is having their first child, that primate is the first child. They have the. the um, the average used to be very young, and now if you're a 29 year old you're called an elderly primate, which is a bit scary, doesn't it? You're elderly at 29 if children.
1: That was my wife, and we had Louis, she had Louis at 37, I think.
2: That's right, I mean, a lot of people have their children in the late 30s. It is more difficult. it's definitely what Our bodies are not primed to have children mm. at over, you know, in their 30s and 40s. We can do it, modern medicine mm. makes us be able to do it, and yeah. modern lifestyle so we'll hopefully makes us be to it. But, um, Feeling dizzy, let's get back to the question. Feeling dizzy in the morning. Um, is she, is she, I mean, how nine month old is she? If she's breastfeeding, she may, I don't know if she's breastfeeding or not. That's quite critical in this.
1: Yeah, yeah good question. If, she, if, she's,
2: if she's breastfeeding, she's going to be depleting her energy overnight if she's breastfeeding at night and probably getting dizzy because she's hungry. In other words, mm-hmm. she's, she's got no, no carbohydrate in it and she's probably getting hungry.
1: I so, I mean, you,
2: yeah. you, you're eating for two. I mean, if she's not breastfeeding, it's, it may be a sleep thing. I mean, if it's only in the morning, it's going to be something to do with uh, that low energy or a sleep thing, you know, she's not getting, she's getting broken sleep, not getting full sleep. And uh, if your body doesn't recover, really right, it's, you know, it, it gets things like dizziness, et cetera. If you're dizzy in the morning, it's not, you know, an old person, then of course it could be, you know, you're getting a postural hypertension, but, at 35, you're just not going to be getting that, unless you're getting the calories or not getting the sleep. So yeah. I'd look in to see whether she's getting calories or sleep. That's
1: I, those are two things I'd look at. Yeah, I know. I
2: have, I have, by the way, listeners, I've heard none of these questions before, so this is a bit of a uh, yeah, sort I mean, of yeah. once-in-a-lifetime. Once because
1: Richie's not sent me any of the questions. Oh, Mark, I, I never looked at the questions before. I just like kind of uh, <laughs> go over the flow. man. Yeah, I haven't got time. I but you like sense. to do your own work, you do. Yeah, I know. You are all like to up and stuff. Uh, but... Uh, Cool, but yeah. So Mark, as you say, that's off the cuff and uh, researched. As you say, Mark likes to, uh, to type some stuff into your magic computer and tells him stuff and whatever. Um, okay, um, so yeah, I I agree. I think it's probably the tiredness with the baby and stuff with Rosie. Um, but um, I I just I don't know. Some people who are just they're dizzy people, and women are more low blood pressurey if there's such a word as obviously blood pressure but they are more on the low side women and um, they can suffer from these little bits of dizziness more. But, you know, obviously why it's out for her and it's come particularly now in the mornings, I, I haven't got a clue. But um, I have found over the years that women are more prone to the dizziness than, than the chaps. And um, I always ask this question, like, you know, have you ever actually fainted? Because they're always like, oh, I feel faint and I feel dizzy and I feel, like, say, have you ever, like, fallen over or whatever? And, like, very, very rarely they actually, you know, so it's, um, it's sometimes, I'm not saying it's, like, in their head, but it's, like, not as severe, it's just a momentary thing. Um, like yeah, you said. it's a good excuse for her to get her partner to bring a breakfast in bed out. Well, and now th- there we go. So, yeah, it's a perfectly, um, serious case of dizziness and you need to have breakfast in bed brought to you by uh, Johnny, <laughs> who is her husband. you love that if you okay. use that now. Oh, great. He won't paint my house now. Johnny, you've dusted my paint that gone. Cool. Right. Next question. Dear Rich and Dr. Daniels. I have had a skin infection for over nine months without knowing it. Uh, The first doctor I saw just said it was acne and sent me away saying it would go away. I recently saw another doctor. She gave me antibiotics after me. I had been telling her I'd been scrubbing my back and cutting out bad food from my diet and detoxifying my liver. It was only getting worse. Three weeks on, the new antibiotics and my skin is almost better, but I now have scars on my back. My question is will the scars disappear or is something I can do to help? And how can I uh how can I catch a skin infection in the first place? I do use some bed during the winter months once a fortnight can you catch one from there?
2: Okay. How old is this person
1: again, sorry? Um doesn't say I have probably well I don't know if I've got his, his age, but I am written his name down here either okay Um, I'm sorry whoever this is I'd have to go back through my emails and I don't want to start clicking because people whinge when I start clicking the keys
2: The, the, the bottom line here, it, 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 let's assume it's acne, all right? I mean, it, it may or may not be acne. Acne is not something you catch, right? It tends yeah. to be the more oily-skinned people who get acne. I and mean, eczema and acne don't tend to get it. Some people get it, but it's rare because eczema is the illness of dry skin and acne is the illness of oily skin, if you see what I mean.
1: Right, opposites.
2: If he's, opposites, yeah. If he's detoxed and his antibiotics have cleared, cleared up his acne he and he has got some scarring, the scars will fade. They, they may always be there, but they will fade, and certainly not cause a problem. The the other thing is the so these, the acne, not, it
1: could have been acne then, and not a skin infection, because he's saying he thinks it's a skin infection. No, I mean, if, 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 or if, if, is if it's it's acne it. in an infection of the skin? It is, it
2: is an infection. It's oh Basically, right, it's just
1: the same bloody thing then, really, right? It is
2: the same thing. Yeah, acne okay. is a type of infection.
1: Okay, um, right. The, the thing about
2: acne is, it, it's can't it's catch courses it. of antibiotics rather than short course and you won't catch it. It's it's come from within. It. It's because the um, the actual. G- Beast gland gets blocked up and then it gets inflamed and then infected. So.
1: So you haven't caught it off a sunbed or anything like that, actually, right?
2: some bed some I mean, I don't often say sunbeds are good, but sunbeds actually do dry out the skin, so of course they will help acne slightly, not yeah. great deal. Yeah. I wouldn't advocate people with acne going on sunbeds, but it will not be the cause of it acne. Mm. If the, if the, if the antibiotics work, if, when you first said this question, I thought, oh, this is going to be a fungal infection, because often people who have long-standing rashes, often they're misdiagnosed as uh, um, skin infections, when in fact there are fungal infections. So, but the fact that skin is not going to be a fungal infection. It's probably going to be acne. If he wants to look it up, there is a fantastic resource for any skin complaint that you ever could uh, have. It's called NZ Derm. You just type in NZ Derm. It's the New Zealand Dermatological Society. It's all I ever use and all any dermatologist ever used. It's free to the public. Just type in NZ Derm and then you've got every single skin rash under the sun. Oh, wow. There's some, there's some awful pictures in there. You can get some real sort of real strange stuff. But you will might be able to pick out what your illness is if you a look at that. If you've got some sort of thing, and certainly your doctor said it's such and such an in illness, it's or something else, you can look it up and you can have a look at it and you can say, well, it doesn't look like that. It's sort of something else that's yeah, similar. Right. So it's Brilliant. a great news for anyone to look at.
1: That's really, uh, fantastic. That'll be in the show notes, guys. So you don't have to worry about, uh, crashing your car or, or stopping or anything. Now you can just crack, crack on and that's below the show notes there. So brilliant. That's great resource, Mark. That's what this is all about is giving people usable things that uh, they can do something with. Okay. So great. Um, I've been on that site. They'll have answers to all its questions and more. Why, uh, question number three. Why does my stomach bloat? excessively when I eat veg uh, Esther 46 Swansea
2: first thing I'd ask is what she the veg on or with
1: so f- I, it's, food it's, combining it's,
2: it's, <laughs> yeah well it's, it's amazing how many people say oh I get terrible bloating after I eat such and such a food and in fact not the such and such a food it's what carries the such and such a food so it's like I get terrible bloating when I have cheese and onion sandwiches well it's not the cheese and onion it's the, it's the sandwich it's the bread quite often quite so you've got to think about your whole diet not just when you have vegetables I mean she may be eating pasta with vegetables and it's the pasta not the vegetables that are causing it I mean it is incredible how often people misdiagnose their food allergies or food intolerances because they don't they think some foods are inert and not going to cause a problem in fact they're the foods that cause the problem so it's worth having a food diet taking everything that you eat onto that food diet and the time scale between eating a food and
1: getting them bloated because if say anything over about four or five hours is nothing to do with it mm. great and if it, you, you eliminate all those and you are having bloating excessively when you eat veg and with that bloating also comes all the other things that come with it like gas and, and wind and stuff like that then from what I've been taught at conferences with uh, Nigel Plummer who's been on the podcast and you might get it on an earlier episode in maybe one to 10. Um, basically he says, because people would be in a conference and they'd ask the question, they say, okay, my clients start eating healthier and they get a lot of bloating and wind. And he said it can be because there's a change, a big change happening in the microflora of the gut. Yeah, so he said, just stick with it for 10 or 14 days. If it's still out there excessively after that, then investigate. But don't kind of throw the towel in straight away because people are quick to attribute the negative sides of a diet and just say, I can't do this anymore. And they're quick to kind of use it as an excuse to give up, sort of thing. um So, um yeah.
2: I, I one more thing to add. A lot of people think of beans and pulses as vegetables. I mean, We've all seen Blazing Saddles with the um, oh, yeah. the, the,
1: the big scene. But, I mean, beans, pulses, and lentils do cause more wind. So yeah, there's, there's and bloat lo- in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's okay, good. And um, that's question three. This is good. Uh, number four. Hi, both. Uh, loving the show. I have a question about cramp. I'm competing in various touch rugby tournaments this summer. I was in one of those last Saturday. It was a real, uh, good laugh. And I always seem to cramp up towards the later stages. Any advice? Yeah, it was people dropping like flies on, on the weekend. Some, you know, people, uh. has gone for you, yeah, Rich. Go on, you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I tend to do if I know the sun's going to be shining, especially like I really do dose up on the salt, um, and along with my fluids and, I, I, I don't, it's, it's a cramp at that stage in a tournament is, is a combination of salts and dehydration. So, you know, it's just the de- de- dehydration and, you, and you've, you've, you've kind of starting to kind of go a bit twitchy there. But yeah, I just dose up on the good salt the day before and on the day. Uh, so I even put a bit of salt in, like, if I got a two litre bottle of squash, I'll put probably a good, half a teaspoon of salt in in with that and it doesn't make it taste salty it just takes the edge off the sweetness I use like uh, rocks squash which is like you know preservative and all aspartame free and all that and get a bit of that if you can or some orange juice or whatever you want a bit of salt to taste uh a really good pinch at least um per litre and that's what I do because that will increase your blood volume, and that will increase or decrease your likelihood the muscles are going to um, lose their salts. But don't just drink plain water because you will be flushing the salts as you're peeing through the day. And I actually in the tournament, which is a joke, a bit on at times on Saturday, the you know. Some of the things in the tournament, like the refereeing and some of that, it does spoil these things, although they're there to raise money for the club and to sell beer. That's the, that's the reality of these, these tournaments. And there was people on the piss when they were playing. Um, so, you know, can imagine by the semi-finals and the finals, people have had a few cans sort of thing. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, well, it is what it is. It's born in my own Touch Rugby and uh, that's it, you know, uh, people who have been up there and played the game know, know the crack, and, uh, you know, it's uh, anything goes sort of thing, and uh, I certainly let my head down and uh, would uh, shout in at uh, a couple of the referees there, but, um, yeah, I'm sure they not their favourite person, but, uh, like, I, I really care. <laughs> um, great, I had, a, I had a great day, and uh, it was a great um, kind of run around, but you can get all this cramp and stuff, you know, So that's what I do to avoid it. Can I add one more thing about cramp? Yeah, of course. Not in athletes, not in young
2: people, but in the older person, we have a lot of problem with people having cramps as they get older. And unlike the younger person, it's not salt depression, it's actually fluid depression. They don't get hydrated enough. Mm. And there's a lot of people who are on quinine, which no one should be on quinine, by the way, because it's, as as they get older, because it causes heart uh, arrhythmias. Right. But quinine has been used for a lot of time for, um, for treating cramp. Basically, if people come in saying I get cramp, I tell them drink a pint of water before they go to bed. Yes, they may have to get up to go to the toilet, but it stops their cramp at night. For the older people, so yes. if the older person listen to this, drink a pint of water to get off your cleaning tablets.
1: Yeah, good. And uh, yeah, as you say, it you know, it, it's 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 an extreme of anything. So, like the body, if you drink a pint of water on the head, you will pee out a Lot of it, so you should drink half of a pint and then sip the second half, Absolutely, yeah. you'll uh, absorb a lot more. So, little things like that for starters. But, I'll tell you a quick story, and this is the last question, anyway. We've got a couple of minutes on the timer and our new rules of keeping it short. <laughs> um, but, my mate went to our the Iron Man a week early, um, keen as mustard, his ex military, prepped up, you know, um, covered all his bases um, as they do these Iron Men. And anyway, he's gone there a week early. Cut the long story short, he's slamming the water down all week, and he has managed to flush the salts out of his body. But of course, he didn't manage to find this out until three miles from the end of the run, after about eleven and a half hours, where he pretty much collapsed and went and had hypothermia, and he had a coma. He was in a coma for three days. Then, um, so you can flush. A lot of salts, if you over egg the water, so just necking it down um pint after pint last minute uh before sports is what I'm kind of going to so like on the morning of a game like drinking two liters can actually be counterproductive because you might actually pee out two and a half liters, so you're actually half a liter worse off by kickoff time. be better off to drink one pint of like a nice isotonic and you make it yourself, half juice, half water, pinch of salt in a pint of water, and you can drink that, half of it on the head, and then sip half. That'll do far better than anything. And my top tip for being hydrated, I nearly forgot this, and that's why perhaps doing these off the cuff, I do uh, leave behind some things of my uh, information, but high-water content fruit. So oranges, satsumas, grapes, kiwis, any fruit that's really kind of melon and all these sorts of things, these fruits will keep you hydrated uh, really, really well. And um, I was given this tip by an air hostess um, on a flight. I used to go back and forth the States all the time when I was young. I used to take a little net. I don't even know if you're allowed to do it anymore, but I used to take a little net of oranges or satsumas with me on, and if I'd eat them on the way across, I wouldn't be dehydrated at all. And she said the fruit, and it's just the balance between the fruit and the, the sugars, it's just a really good hydrator. And I've since had success with it, with sport and, and things. So that's always good. So that's, uh, nearly forgot that one. All right, Paul? Yeah,
2: good. Yeah, yeah.
1: Great, I, okay. For...
2: I have not got it off with you going on not at all. Yeah. I'm still here. Yeah,
1: good man, good man. Don't lie. Okay, great. So that's that, everybody. Um... That's all for this show. We are cracking on. We will, uh, speak to you all next week. Please keep sending the questions in. It's nice that we don't have to go scratching about film and stuff. Keep sending the questions in. Really important. Don't be, uh, afraid. If you've never asked a question, ask a question. Obviously, you know the rules. If you've asked a question and had it answered, please leave us a review. Uh, D.O. vote as we say in Wales, and um, see you all next time. Bye from me. Nice. Bye from me. Next mark.
0: You, Me and the GP radio show is intended for general information purposes and is not meant to diagnose, treat or cure any disease. It is not designed to provide specific advice and anyone with a medical problem should seek the advice from their own doctor. Please note, we accept absolutely no responsibility if you turn into a fitter, stronger, more energetic and all-round better version of yourself. To get the show notes, just head on over to richard-clark.co.uk